0: To get started,
2: visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hi, everyone. Before we start our US Open Day 2 podcast, we'd just like to send our best wishes to Carla Suarez Navarro, the former world number six who's revealed today that she's been diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Carla had been hoping to play the US Open, This is her final year as a tennis professional, but she's been forced to withdraw from it after feeling unwell. She said on her social media channels that she underwent some tests to try to find out what was wrong. The condition has been detected early, she said, but she will now undergo a six-month course of chemotherapy. All of us at the Tennis Podcast will keep Carla in our thoughts over the next few months, and we wish her a full recovery as soon as possible.
0: Hi, this is Marion Bartoli.
1: I'm Mats Vilander.
3: This is Mary Carillo.
0: I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast.
1: Right. Okay. Day two of the US Open. How on earth did Andy Murray do that, Catherine Whitaker? He's just won <laughs> from. <laughs> Four six four six one three down. How has he done that? Somebody explain to me.
2: Uh, no messing with the law tonight, is there? Plunge straight well, in at the deep end. Um, it's the only
1: question, isn't it? I mean, what's going on?
2: Well, I said to Tim Hemman, who we had in our Prime Video studio, I said, Tim, if you had to attribute that comeback come to one thing and one thing only, I think we're on a time limit, um, what would it be? And he said, heart and I think, I mean, mm. obviously that is that is that that is a word that covers a broad spectrum of things. All of them are totally embodied by Andy Murray. Um, persistence, tenacity, doggedness, stubbornness, but absolute heart um, is what got him through a very bizarre tennis match today. I mean, I'm sure in the annals of time... We won't remember the weirdness of, of the match. That'll sort of all fade away and we'll, mem- we'll remember the scoreline and the emotion and whatever ends up coming in the aftermath. But it was, um, it was a rocky ride of a tennis match for a, <laughs> for a long time there. Mm.
3: Someone on Twitter said that there was once a racehorse who died and when they cut the racehorse open, they realized he had a heart that was bigger than any other racehorse in history. And that feels like the kind of thing that might happen with Andy Murray one day. Um, that, that's a very morbid take on, um, on a very joyous occasion for Andy Murray. But it is one of those things, isn't it? Because we think of Murray as so relatable – And yet on on an occasion like this, I genuinely have no idea how he does something like that. It's it's thrilling to watch, but I can't explain it. He operates on a different level of guts and and defiance and resilience to what I'm capable of even imagining.
2: In the, uh, you, you say that's a bit morbid, but in the on-court interview immediately after the match, the first question was, Andy, we we buried you at the Australian Open last year, and yet here oh, you primer. are. <laughs> It was just an unfortunate sort of on the spot accidental turn of phrase, which unfortunately, most, uh, well, or maybe fortunately, uh, a lot of Andy's face was obscured by a mask, but I would quite like to have seen his full facial reaction to the declaration that he had been buried by the tennis community.
1: Well, hopefully hopefully, we're looking at about 50 years down the road, uh, 60 years, something like that for Andy Murray to uh, to have this, uh, <laughs> this forensic right, so analysis a of his frame heart on it, David.
2: Let's Let's get out of this cul-de-sac.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Uh, I'll tell you what, I think we should have a, just a bit of history in order so that we know exactly where we are with this Andy Murray story. This is a man that was supposed to retire 20 months ago, and he didn't. He went and had a a hip surgery, and he went and had a new metal hip. Uh, He then made a comeback, and the comeback went really well, and he won doubles at Queen's, and he played mixed doubles with Serena Williams at Wimbledon, and then he won won the singles title in Antwerp, and it was just amazing. And then he looked like he was hitting... The buffers he looked like he was in real trouble when he had the complications and what was it he called it the impingement of the of the joint with uh, which which was i think caused by a sort of bone spur type thing uh, on on the hip and uh, and yeah. it's causing all sorts of trouble didn't play the australian open this year i personally thought he was probably finished really at that's that point for about the 28th time um, and lo and behold he comes back plays last week in uh, in Cincinnati stroke New York has those two great wins over Zverev and, and Tiafo, and then um lost and didn't look great against Milos Raonic but comes into this match and I have to say I felt pretty pretty um confident on his behalf I thought he would he would have a, a struggle against a very good player world number 48 Yoshihito Nishioka from Japan, who's 24 years of age, man who beat Dan Evans at the Australian Open this year, and who just has one of those really solid, sprightly games, left handed, can hurt you, but can also stay in rallies. And for an hour and a half, he made Andy Murray look terrible, and Andy Murray made himself look terrible. And At that point, I said on the radio, and I know I said it on the radio because the BBC Sport website copied and pasted my words into their text portal and I got 74 negative votes as a result of the the words that I uttered, which were uh four six four six one three headlined he may not be able to do this anymore and i said this is one of the worst performances i've ever seen from andy murray at a grand slam he's got a metal hip and he may not be able to do this anymore but looking at this having covered so many of his matches i've never seen anything quite like it before perhaps he's not feeling very well I expected to see a fight, tooth and nail. His opponent is good, and I thought he could cause problems. But I expected it to be hyper competitive, and Murray would win. But it's not even close. And I stand by every single word of that. Yeah, which it was all true. I don't know know what you two think. That that's how I felt, and and I still believe it now. I I think I'm maybe I feel a bit naive given the guy I'm talking about, but yet again. He's made a complete fool of me, just, and I couldn't be happier.
2: Just to clarify, David, your commentary is now getting live voted on, sort of Big Brother style.
1: Turns out, yeah. <laughs> <That's>, Very positively.
2: <laughs> that's quite a development <laughs> how many, for the profession. How many
1: upvotes were there?
2: 41. 41, Matt. Oh, so yeah. that so is... you're uh, in the
3: minus numbers, unfortunately. Yeah.
2: Okay. Mm. Let's hope, hope, but, for, you know, hope for
1: better tomorrow. It's a, it's a hard read, you know, for, for anybody who cares about Andy Murray's fortunes, it, and there would have been lots of people reading that.
2: It was a hard watch. It was a really hard watch. It's interesting. It, also, in his his on court interview, and he repeated it in uh, in a quite a short interview he did with with us on on Prime, um, and the shortness of it kind of told you everything. He he thanked us at the end for keeping it short because I don't think he had it left in him to to. to muster any more words frankly we'll come on to, to that more in a minute but he said he almost was overthinking the se- the step up to best of five tennis he was hyper aware of how long it had been since he had played a, a five set tennis match of course it was it was that match I think 596 days ago against Roberto Bautista Gutt at the Australian Open 2019 and that was a was an unusual match for him. It's not like he was playing tons of Grand Slam tennis five-set matches before that. You know, he is not accustomed to, to playing that format of the game anymore. And he seemed to imply that he'd almost overthought the kind of marathon, not a sprint element of it. And he was trying too hard to conserve energy in those opening couple of sets. He was hyper aware of the fact that he would need energy for later on in the match but didn't it's like you know setting off for a ten thousand meter race and with a with a with a great kick in the in the last eight hundred meters, but letting yourself get get lapped eight times in in the meantime. So you've got you've got no hope of catching up, no matter how good your kick is. He it looked like he would let it get away from him, and he was so flat and so lacking in energy. He needed to well, as it turned out, he didn't because somehow he he fought his way through. But he needed to to deploy his energy perhaps a little more evenly over the course of the match.
3: Flat is the word, I think, to describe those first two sets. And it, it felt as well anticlimactic. And I wondered whether Murray thought that, because this was his big Grand Slam return in singles. And yet he's playing in empty Arthur Ashe Stadium. And there was... There was just no energy in the match at all. And to be honest, I probably underrated Yoshihita and Nishioka. I thought this would be a tough match for Andy Murray because I thought it would be physical. But I didn't expect Nishioka to be able to completely outplay Andy Murray from the back of the court, which is what he was doing in those first two sets. He's got an incredibly wicked left arm and he can manoeuvre the ball around the court and construct points really intelligently. And as much as I think... Murray doesn't rate a lot of the next gen players I, I reckon he would really appreciate and like Nishioka's style there's a bit of there's a bit of Andy Murray in there in terms of what he's doing on the court it's very intelligent. Um,
2: I think he would also appreciate what a competitor he is as well I don't think I don't think Andy Murray enjoys being sort of matched for competitive spirit on the court and nishioka absolutely was doing that he was a terrier wasn't he a sort of ninja terrier um just in it every single moment it was kind of nadal like at, at times
1: i found that fascinating what you've just related about the interview because I haven't heard I haven't heard that interview I didn't hear the on-court interviews but that really adds up to me now we were trying to work it out during commentary what what's going on why is he so flat and I thought I sort of speculated that a little bit like when we were watching Novak Djokovic last night Matt that he was just kind of almost feeling his opponent out trying to give him a chance to spar see what he's got and and then work out the best angle of attack and. And it seemed like he went through a couple of phases, and neither one of them worked. One of them was staying at the back of the court with him. The other one was trying to bully him and really muscle him off the court with some really big hitting. And and Nishioka was good enough to handle both styles of play, but as it happens, we we couldn't work out why. I couldn't work out why he wasn't getting. Where was the Rottweiler? Where was the? Where was the anger? Where was the the animal in him? And it, and it, he was keeping it all inside for for the sake of pacing himself i found that's how many five set matches has he played over the years that's extraordinary
2: i can't tell you that i can tell you a lot Um, i can't tell you a number but i can tell you how many times he's come back from two sets to love down in his career and that is 10 times and at the the u.s open alone it's four times and i don't know how many times played players who have played a similar number of matches to him would have done that but it it instinctively sounds like a lot to me that
3: I think it's level with Federer and I think it's more than both Nadal and Djokovic
1: he's a wonderful advert for compartmentalizing points and games I feel and just in terms of a comeback you don't mount a comeback with a a long-term view you just have to do it a bit at a time and and win little little mini battles and and his ability to do that and all these top players I just I just blown away by that
2: speaking of blown away were those Federer Nadal and Djokovic come back from two sets down stats off from off the top of your head Matt
3: Uh, yes they were yes (laughs) that is (laughs) (laughs) I mean there's no verification that they're correct
2: but uh, let's hope That are. was uh, that was Andy Murray like Matt.
1: <laughs> we we do a we do a daily newsletter, folks, which you can receive into your inbox every single day, and they always include Matt's stat and uh, also our rubbish predictions. Did we get any right today? Uh, I don't even know where we got did. mine. I incorrect. was thank you. Uh, what a great you? minute this has been. For some reason, I put Venus. I put Venus Williams to beat Carolina Muhover and at the moment having changed it because i thought initially mukhaver and then i thought now that won't happen and venus is 4-1 down first set so that's working out well um what about you catherine what did you go for today
2: i went for yannick sinner to beat karen Hashinov and it was almost a a prediction of absolute triumph
3: you mean you got (laughs) it wrong
2: that match was hilarious Yannick yeah, it was two sets to love up, and then seemed to develop a, a back injury just to taunt me, and then <laughs> and then and then lost two sets very very quickly, and then sort of his back seemed to heal itself, and I was all excited again, and it went to a. No. No. Matt Shaky said. I'm interpreting this from live scores, Matt. Yes. Well, I mean, he had a full body
3: malfunction. The man could not move and yet he somehow managed to get into a fifth set tiebreak again against Hachiko. So he
2: still couldn't move in the fifth he set when move, he took it to a tiebreak. And
3: Hatchinov kept hitting it straight to him. I was I was screaming at the screen. <laughs>
2: Why are you hitting
3: it to him? And yet he just couldn't. It was like a magnet. The ball was just going straight to wherever Yannick Sinner was. And Sinner literally huh? was ball, smack ball. He, was, he, he, was, he oh. had no intention of being involved in any rallies whatsoever. He was hobbling <laughs> around. He got a time violation because he physically couldn't get to the baseline in time to serve because he was in too much pain at one point in the fifth set. And yet it still managed to go oh to a tie break. But eventually Hachnoff did win it. And, ha- and oh. Hachnoff himself had a medical timeout during the match. It was,
1: it was quite extraordinary. So if you want to receive the newsletter and get these <laughs> predictions, <laughs> predictions, you can. I mean, uh, go, de- go down our, our show notes. The link's in there.
2: That scenario does sound like the very definition of unpredictable.
1: Yes. Yeah. All in right. my defence, uh yeah. So anyway, Matt, Matt Stat today was relaying the detail of the fifty-eight break point record of Cameron Norrie yesterday in the US Open history, and and you actually unearthed the all-time record at Grand Slams, didn't you? Which was fifty-nine break points in a match. So one more. Where was that again, Matt? That was the twenty eleven French Open. The very.
3: The very unmemorable match between Javier Marti and Albert Ramos-Vignolas. But there were 59 break points in it, apparently. (laughs) To be fair, I'm Um, not
2: sure anyone that's not Cameron Norrie or Diego Schwartzman fans will necessarily ever consider yesterday's match memorable either.
1: Well, Cameron Norrie was the most... uh upset about creating that record of everybody it said he did not sound impressed with that at all um while we're on stats
3: and cameron norrie and andy murray we should probably give the one that has been doing the rounds today i know you were saying it a lot on amazon prime catherine that that's four british men into the second round of the u.s open for the first time since when was it 1974
2: 1974 yes
1: Catherine, that is a belter. Absolutely. Oh, wow. it's not a Where Catherine
2: original. Uh Max Just, just claim it. I don't <laughs> know. Max or Stats guy came up with it. Whether it was a Max original, I don't know. It as I say was doing the rounds. But yeah, I'll claim it. Great.
1: I, I have to say, when uh, when Dan Evans managed to get his win today and Judy Murray was sat next to me, I did I did, I did just twig that you'd said that earlier on in the day on on prime i didn't actually name check you or or prime in fact i just sort of said oh by the way judy that's the first time four british men are into the second round of the us open since the 70s and she goes oh that's good so i got all the credit
2: (laughs) well i i quoted you without crediting you as well on air um what do you mean well i heard you say on five live This is a love-in, isn't it? Us just sort of enjoying one another's work. Um, I heard you say on Five Live that um, the school line up until the fourth set was an exact mirror of Andy Murray's last Grand Slam match against Roberto Batiste Rugut. At the Australian Open, and I got that
1: from Matt Roberts. <laughs> oh right, so, okay. yeah. it's all come from, full circle. Lovely. Yeah, from Tennis Podcast Twitter, I got that from. Oh, right. So there we are. You didn't credit uh, him you,
2: either. Nobody's crediting anyone. It's an you absolute You can also follow free-for-all. Tennis Podcast
1: Twitter. Uh, oh, hold on a minute. Let's just go back a bit. Who's Andy Murray playing now? Felix auger Aliasim of Next Gen Fame and he had an epic
3: there was a moment where it looked like we might be getting tiago montero versus nishioka rather than andy murray versus <laughs> felix orgio Aliasim, but we have got that match
1: doesn't have quite the same ring mm-hmm. to it yeah um so we, what's we, gonna we, happen in that
2: well we were only we were only allowed to what i say allowed we, we were asked only to to put two questions to andy murray in our interview with him and of course when we were told that we sort of bristled a bit and rolled our eyes and then Andy Murray sat down and we thought okay it seems only kind (laughs) that that we should keep this (laughs) relatively short um feel bad about asking him one anything at all yeah um and he was look I don't I don't know for sure that he'd been been crying and and if he had then I'm I'm quite sure that fatigue was a massive factor in that but there was it was definitely his voice was raspy and there was a lot of lot of emotion it was thick with emotion um there was definitely a lot a lot going on there he said he'd been inundated with messages and you know he he does get overwhelmed by these moments he's very aware of the the momentousness of it all and the the passing of time i suppose and the significance of of these moments so uh so yeah we only had a couple of questions uh, and so we didn't get a chance to ask him about how much. it uh, didn't get a chance to get him to confess as to how much he relishes the opportunity to put the next gen in their place because we know that he does. I just want him to Although say I, it. I,
1: I suspect he would probably quite like Felix Ojiaelius. Yes, because
2: I know, but still in principle, he's lovely, isn't he? <laughs> still in principle,
1: he will want to. He will want to yeah. just put in you know, show him, show him what it's all about. You know, who do you think you are? Totally. so sort of Lovely way. Uh, so anyway, there's that to look forward to in a couple of days' time. If I mean, that's assuming that Andy Murray and Felix are fully fit, of course. I mean, that, that you know, he, he, his feet got a battering today, didn't, he, didn't they, Andy Murray? I mean, tennis players' feet are gross <laughs> at the best of times. But um, when he stubbed his toe and took his socks off, I mean, I, I had to advert my eyes.
2: Yeah, which was quite difficult because Spider-Cam were trying to give you the most intrusive and revolting close-up of it for a really (laughs) prolonged period of time. It was horrendous.
3: I was quite encouraged by what Murray said in his uh, press conference, which was that obviously the comparison came up to that Bautista-Agu match that we've mentioned at the 2019 Australian Open. And he said after that match that, it was actually a relief that he didn't win because there was no way he would have been able to take the court in two days time because he was just in so much pain and his hip was thronging. And he sort of did a comparison to how he, how he thinks he's going to feel sort of now compared to how he was feeling then. And he said, the difference is night and day and he's so sure he's feeling much better now. And he thinks he's going to get a good night's sleep. Whereas he wasn't even able to sleep, you know, 18 months ago because he was in so much pain. And I mean, you know, he's been so used to being on a tennis court and physically hurting over the last three years. Whenever he stepped on court, he's, he's been in pain and he's now in a position where not only is his general quality of life better, but he's on a tennis court and not being in too much pain either. I mean, there's obviously the usual aches and pains, but it's nothing that, it's nothing that I don't think he can put up with and, and kind of deal with. And it's, it's such a massive transformation.
1: Mm. That's really encouraging and and long may it continue. Um, Yeah, my mind always goes back to that image you described, Catherine, when you were interviewing him back at that Australian Open when he couldn't get on the stool properly in order to be interviewed by you. And I think that that just sums it up to a T, just how what a bad state he was in. Well, thankfully, seems he's in a better way now and he could meet Dan Evans in the third round. Evans today beat a player whose name I am really struggling with. And I'm trying really hard to to say it correctly. And we we I played it over and over on the ATP website, the, the sound file that they give you, and I still can't say, say it. Um, do you know how to say it, Math? Oh, you've put me on the spot there, David. Ti- Can you give us your Tiago. best shot? Tiago. Say-bot. It's It's apparently... Well, it, that's how it reads. It reads Saboth Wild or Wild. Uh, but when he says it, it's Tiago Zybot. And I cannot even say what the third word is. I just, I just can't, can't make it out at all. Anyway, uh, should, so we started calling him Zybot.
2: Should we talk about uh, a certain Finnish tennis player while we're, while we're down this
1: particular cul-de-sac? Oh, yes. Okay, who's that? Evans won, by the way, in three sets and he was good. And carry on, Emil Emil who
3: beat Aliash Bedene f- today. He has how many? He ewes?
2: has four U's in his surname.
3: Hmm, in a ten-letter surname.
2: Yeah, four of them are U's. Yeah. Anyway,
3: it's got to be a record. I think we're going to really need to know how to say that because I think yes. I think he might be really really good.
2: I think yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a pressing matter to to nail yeah. that
1: yeah i'll tell you what i think tiago is going to be pretty good on the old play <laughs> as well i saw him win that tournament in rio mm. at the, the early earlier this year he's he's very talented so we're gonna to have to learn that one as well
2: not as not as talented as dan evans apparently
1: well not today you know um so anyway third round will it happen that's the big question
2: do we well, um, we don't we'll even out. know yet who Dan Evans plays in the second round I don't think Mute or Vesely Tim Memenard in, uh, in our in our press conference or in our uh, interview with Dan well, a couple of hours ago now uh he said oh who who do you think will win that and i was expecting a you know oh not sure you know both great players he goes oh i think mute will win <laughs>
1: 6464 so far,
2: Mute. Oh. Well, Dan Evans knows more than I do about Quarantine Mute, put it that way.
0: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Earlier on, after that, we had uh, Serena Williams won through seven five six three today, and she was a break of serve down in the second set against uh, Christiane, uh, her compatriot. Pretty good result that for Serena, isn't it? And the fact that she did it without expending too much—it's the first time
3: she's played a two-set match since she came back um from the lockdown um and she was joking about that afterwards saying that it's the first time she's won a she's won a straight sets match since the 90s was her uh was her sort of time frame on it just just an indication of how much i think it's been on her mind that she's not been able to win these matches comfortably she was quite off her game at the start i think she was a breakdown early on And, um, but by the end, I thought she'd really settled and was actually playing quite nicely. And it was quite a, it was quite a comfortable victory in the end. And I think she could probably play at that level for a round or two more and, and sort of be fine in this tournament um, before she will need to absolutely raise it in the latter stages. But yeah, a kind of encouraging, encouraging start, I think, for Serena. Mm.
1: Lewis Armstrong is the court you wanted to be on if you wanted an efficient day. Uh, because whilst Andy Murray took four hours, 40 minutes for his match, uh, Lewis Armstrong got through four matches, pretty much. Uh, Gabini-Migarutha 6-4, 6-4 over Nahabino. Uh, Dominic Team was two sets up when Jermaine Munar retired. Uh, Sophia Kennin 6-2, 6-2 over Janina Wickmeyer. And Madison Keys 6-1, 6-1 over Tamer Babosh, And they're already in two sets down with Dimitrov leading Tommy Paul at the moment. So all very quick over there. Um, Another epic for Auger Eliassime against Montero. Uh, Any other big matches that we should talk about today? Conta Watson, I suppose, is one we should cover from a British perspective. And that first set was bonkers because uh, I saw, I mean, it was going on at the same time as Murray. But I, I noticed that Conta was serving for the first set. Then she wasn't. Then she was set point down several times. And then she won the set.
2: Yeah, well, uh, Watson served for the first set and also held uh, three set points at six three in the tiebreak. So I, I think that she, she, yeah, and she look, she it was a she she had a rotten record against uh, Joe Conta coming into that match. Three times they played, she'd never beaten her. There was really n- not a lot on paper to suggest that Heather Watson might really even make a match of it so I was pretty impressed with her today actually and and you know I know Joe Conter really played down in advance um, the strangeness of playing a, a compatriot but she did admit after the match where well, she certainly admitted to us on, on Prime that it is awkward um, and I, I think she, I think she's a player that tends to prefer to keep things sort of fairly impersonal um on the court and sort of around her tennis and the fact that, you know, she she told us that Heather Watson is one of the British players that she's closer to and gets on better with. I don't think that's that sits particularly comfortable um with Conter in terms of her becoming an opponent for the day. So I was I was impressed with them both, if that makes sense. And I it was definitely a relaxed Joe Conter after the match. I asked her about um well, uh, just life in the bubble, I suppose, because I know, I know she really likes New York and likes Manhattan, and that's she's she said in the past that, that she feels like that's a contributing factor to the success she's had there over the years. Um, <laughs> so I said, you know, what what's the bubble like by comparison? Expecting her to kind of say, yeah, it's okay, you know, and she said, oh, it's like a cruise ship. It's really weird. It feels like we're sort of bobbing around on the atlantic ocean with no way out and it it really um it really was a cure for my fomo because she made it sound really awful <laughs> um so yeah it was quite quite amusing really and uh nice to see her and in, in that kind of mood i suppose yeah it was a really nice
3: interview there i often think when when you can hear joe conter speak it can be occasionally a little bit like reading corporate management speak where you understand all the words, but you don't necessarily f- feel like you've come away really understanding what she's always talking about. She you know, she talks about processes a lot, and I just think it's quite difficult to understand if you're not in her inner circle and kind of understanding how her mind works. Um, but she was really open in that interview with you and, and, and just incredibly... Just seeming quite relaxed and um, she's one of those players, Conta, who when I was making my you know, my quarterfinal predictions for this tournament, she was one of the most confident picks I had that I was I was quite sure that she was going to do well in this tournament. And I think that's because she had such a good showing in in the Western Southern Open. All her past Grand Slam good runs have come off the back of some excellent form just beforehand when when she did well at the French Open she played well at Rome and Wimbledon she played well at Eastbourne and Nottingham and I think she's such a momentum player and she's got that momentum at the moment and it doesn't feel like she's going to let go of it I'm confident whenever she steps on the court that she's going to play well and I think that's I think that's reflected in how she's talking and sounding and yeah I think um I think there's a real opportunity for her this this fortnight.
1: She's got Serena Kasten next, which is uh, which is not a bad draw. I think mean, Castella's is a good player from Romania. She beat Christina McHale, but I think if Conta's on, she w- she wins that match. I, the the woman that would concern me, looking at the way things are going, I mean Venus Williams is always a, a very good player. We know that she's one of the greats, really, but. She's a set down to this Carolina Mukova, who I could imagine causing Conta trouble. The sort of player she looks like.
2: Yeah, I think once Carolina Mukova grows in confidence and self belief, she's gonna be uh, a force. Um I put her in my end of year top ten at the start of start of the year, which is punchy i I recognize that's punchy um i've been let off the hook by the fact that there's not really going to be an end of year top 10 uh (laughs) which i'm somewhat relieved by because i'm not sure carolina is quite ready to uh deliver on uh on the promise that i've bestowed upon her but i do think she's the real deal and she's got she's got big weapons she's got variety she's she's got the brain i think if she could just yeah sort of get over get a couple of have a couple of moments have a couple of really big wins get on a, a run or two to to give her the belief and the confidence and make her feel like she belongs i do think mukova is is the real deal Q lost to venus williams
1: <laughs> well you'll all know the results no doubt by the time you're listening to this uh, but there we are uh, that gives you the most up-to-date that we have things uh, just at the moment anything that needs tying up uh, from tonight's play will come to you with tomorrow in, and we were in that situation last night Matt and I were keeping an eye on Naomi Osaka and she ended up winning but it was three sets it was pretty tough for her against Misaki Doi and but no real sign Matt from what I saw of the hamstring issue she looked okay to me I
3: agree when I was watching I was quite encouraged by the way she was moving and looking I was slightly more concerned by what she said afterwards where she said that the leg wasn't feeling great and she's going to have to see how she feels in a couple of days time and normally players are keen to play down any injuries she was quite open about the fact that there is still a problem there and um I definitely think that's the biggest concern with Osaka because I think she's playing really, really good tennis. Misaki um, Doi pushed her yesterday and and played well herself, but Asaka Asaka raised her game in the important moments when she needed to, and she's got these she's got these gears that she can go into. And for me, she's one of the most satisfying players to watch when she's hitting the ball as she is at the moment which is so cleanly it's such a such a satisfying feeling to watch her strike a tennis ball and I I really really hope that her leg is not going to um to hinder her this tournament but I am I am a little concerned still
1: yeah I mean you 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 do hope she doesn't have a leg hindering her in this tournament because you two both think she's going to win the (laughs) tournament and that's what you've said in your predictions so she you know
2: yeah injury injury has not been my friend predictions wise so far but for you know completely impossible to predict injuries i'd be i'd be riding high ish sort of
1: (laughs) i always big up my injuries it's a good idea you know just gets you out of trouble um did you know by the way that there's going to be a scandinavian derby in the second round between uh christian rude is that right no, Kasper rude. Kasper. christian's his dad yeah
2: it's not the 90s david get over it
1: <laughs> yeah from back when i was around when i was on the tour uh, as a communications manager christian rude was was a was a thing and uh and his son is now a thing and yeah the scandinavian derby pits where's caspar rude from norway.
2: Norway? Norway. norway
1: norway norway yeah he's playing the finnish starlet who was born who was born in 1999 i mean oh, sickening emile
2: how do we say it this is we, we've we we've been here before roos of no
1: I n- no it's just it's just you know the fact that they're they're playing each other i found quite interesting this so, is like the
2: europa league semi-final isn't it
1: yeah that was a, that was a danish it? I don't know. derby
2: <laughs> 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 that was um <laughs> Wasn't it that, man was Ole Solsk- that yeah Ole Gunnar solskjaer against oh, managers against yeah fc copenhagen and their manager uh, right, Dad- Denmark, it's both Danish. It was a, a thing. Very
1: niche.
2: um It was a thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the tennis podcast listeners did not know that we're getting that tonight, did they? <laughs> uh, but that's what they've got. Uh, right? Do you want to know what's happening tomorrow? Yep. Let's have a look. Okay, Arthur Stadium starts at twelve o'clock local time in New York, so five p.m. here in the UK. Petra Kvitova is in action first of all. Sixth seed up against. Is it Katerina Kozlova or Kozlova uh, of Ukraine, 99 in the world? Then it's Novak Djokovic against Kyle Edmund.
2: Yep. Do you want me, you want me to I say you what gonna I think is going to happen? I think Djokovic yeah. is going to win.
1: Well, <laughs> out on <laughs> well, a limb there, Katherine Okay, Whittaker. well, you
2: shouldn't have left a pregnant pause then. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs>
1: um so okay do you think that edmund is going to win a set
2: i don't no i think he maybe a tie break
1: i think he's going to win a set yeah i think he's going to worry him in the first two sets for a for a a spell okay with his his hammer forehand yeah (laughs) forehand right uh, so, so that's <laughs> Novak Djokovic against Carl Edmund, and then it's uh, our evening session is Naomi Osaka against Camilla Georgie. Imagine the balls in Ooh, that.
2: I like the Imagine sound the of that. Imagine
1: the state of the balls at the end of that. I'm here for that match. They're going to be knocking the living daylights out of it. We're going to we're going to be recording that. Of this podcast tomorrow night whilst that's going on and nobody's going to be taking any notice of the recording because we're just <laughs> going to be watching that uh so that's tomorrow night and then stefanos sits again somebody i have to say i have never heard of called maxime cressy who's 168 in the yes, world and he's
3: unexpectedly not french
1: oh yeah he, he's born in paris but he lives in los angeles and he's six feet seven inches tall
3: Yes, I think he's a product of the US college tennis system. And I, I also think he's quite a character, from what I understand. Oh, is he?
1: Yes. And he's playing Stefanos Tsitsipas. Yes. So that could be, <laughs> that, could be fun.
2: Ex- expect towel-related shenanigans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so can we record this at four in the morning tomorrow then, so, so we can get that one in yeah, as well? He's, he he's not that much of a character. <laughs> uh, no. Have I said have I said his name right? I mean, if it's French, Cressy. Th- well, he's not French.
3: Well, it's a French name,
1: or well, sort of origin. Yeah, yeah. But he's, I think yeah. you nailed it, David. You know, oh, awesome, excellent. <laughs> right, uh, and then Lewis Armstrong Court is Angelique Kerber against uh, Anna Lena Friedsam, who's 109 in the world, her compatriot. So Kerber, my pick for the final, is going to make her next stride towards that final berth uh and then we have uh brandon nakashima who's 223 in the world but up and coming coached by partially at least by pat cash and he's taken on uh, alexander zverev have you seen much of nakashima at all nope have you seen anything of him i don't i, I think i've seen half a set
2: no i think i've seen him on instagram all <laughs> oh, right he can move I
3: think. yeah i think i think, think, he's I think one of those Good movers with smooth
2: ground strokes is my mm. is what I oh. have in my mind of him. Those are words that you'll Who? be hearing on Prime Video <laughs> from my mouth tomorrow.
3: <laughs> Who uh, am I right <laughs> in saying that
2: Carolina Pliskova
3: is playing tomorrow?
1: Yes, she must yeah, be. She's she's next on because she, she gave a fantastic she takes on Garcia. She
3: gave a fantastic quote about Caroline Garcia. It was classic uh, Pliskova shade where she was describing. She was describing how good Garcia is, saying she's a dangerous player, likes these courts, and then and then she said, but nothing unbeatable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Splendid.
2: That is so what do you great.
1: Think? Do you think that Garcia can win that? I mean do you she think can. she will win that?
2: Garcia... Would you be
1: picking Garcia for that? No. I wouldn't. No, no I wouldn't. She either. can
2: though. I, f- I find caroline oh. garcia inexplicable i don't know mm. why she isn't a top 10 player all the time yeah i don't know uh, so
1: i just when i think of uh, the first tournaments that i covered the first wta finals i covered at for bt sport was it the first one or the second one i think it's the second one she was on that rise that crest of a wave and she just forced out Joe Contra at the very last minute by winning Beijing and Wuhan it was incredible what she was doing and she played wonderful tennis as well at the WTA finals and I have to say I feel quite short-changed by what she's done since then and I really I, I, I don't know her at all but I like I like the way she comes across and i love watching her play tennis and i agree i think she should be doing more than she is she shouldn't be unseeded.
3: she's also mm. had the andy murray seal of approval didn't she very very early on mm. in her career i think she was playing sharapova at the french open and murray Mary tweeted this this girl is going to be world number one one day mark my words or something like that um, sh- 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 he should join the tennis <laughs>
1: podcast. <laughs> You've let Andy You've Murray let and in.
2: David Law down,
1: Caroline. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, Dennis Shapovalov after that, so uh, nobody's going for Garcia then.
2: No, you predicted Shapovalov would lose on day one, David. Yeah, so. but Shapo- right, but he's also
1: got on.
3: Shapovalov in the
1: quarterfinals. He's doing some hedging. He loves the hedge. Hedging. Have I, Does David? Pretty sure you do. Is it? I didn't even know that. Maybe I did it accidentally. Um, Maybe it's heart ruling head, because, you know, I I do Mm -hmm. like Dennis. And he pulls off the old Agassi outfit quite well. Uh, He's playing the Korean player Sunwoo Kwon, who's 73 in the world. I don't think I've seen him play yet. Um, And then we've got Madison Bringle against Diana Yastrzemska. I'm just flicking through to see if there are any other real highlights on the order of play that. Let's catch my eye oh there's Cameron Norrie on court five third on against Federico Correa which is a pretty good second round draw I would have thought
2: no relation to um, Guillermo
1: no how disappointing what Guillermo's it, doing these days? It, it,
2: it is important to check though because obviously Sebastian Corder is very much a relation of Peter Corder and you can get carried yeah. away with the with all this and just yeah anyway no relation
1: Mm. Oh, Matt, we got Marketa von Drusova against Alexandra Sasnovich.
2: Oh, yes, is that relevant to you? Relevant to us both, David. We are the yes, the the Sasnovich cabal. <laughs> it's not a gang. I that thought like I'd a be in
3: partnership. <laughs> yeah, normally I'm right. very much in the von Drusova camp, but um, my allegiance has switched How? due to my predictions.
2: How did Kuzmova get on today
3: Matt? I don't think she's played yet. I think she's playing Well everyone's oh. played.
1: Really? Yeah. Is she is she out already or? <laughs> she's,
2: isn't she playing <laughs>
3: Katty McNally I think and I I feel like it might she be on one won, of the very late. Still matches. still in the dr-
2: if she's if she's she's still in the draw she must have won a match.
1: Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna just seek her out because obviously everybody's. I can on the... this
2: Well, I mean, if Matt doesn't know, is there anyone in the world that knows the fate of I Victoria Kuzmova? I think you're overestimating. Oh, she's how, still due to play tonight.
3: yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, see, I did know. Yeah.
2: No sleep that's for right. Matt tonight in the caravan. <laughs> <laughs> that's your yeah, evening just, slash early morning sorted.
1: Does this mean we're going to have a five a m addendum to the podcast <laughs> suddenly matt won't have finished the edit because he just wants to <laughs> slot in a little bit of a postscript about uh about victoria who let me just see which uh which court she's due to be on um she is it says here that she's going to be on at 1:45 a.m., which is in half an hour from where we are now. So, uh, uh, oh, the, the 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 excitement is just too much to to handle. Is uh, is all I can say. Um, but I can't find her on the order of play, so we'll just leave that there, and we'll catch up with uh, with how she gets on in tomorrow's show. Um, but uh, and Matt will know all about it. Here she is. Uh, she's on next. After uh, the match on court number eight, and in fact, there's still two more matches to go on that court, right, uh, but bit. they're nearing a conclusion. Matt, so
2: this is this is top podcasting right here.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we've just lost f- at least seventy percent of the Reading list of you, but for those of <laughs> <That laughs> you
2: left, thank you
1: for sticking with us. <laughs> yeah, not to worry. Well, uh, you, if you do let me present it, you've got to, you know, you've got to just take your take your medicine Uh, so Catherine Matt it's been lovely Uh, have a good sleep and uh, we'll be back doing this again tomorrow everybody Um, and I'll try to keep my order of play readings uh, a little shorter (laughs) tomorrow (laughs) and more relevant Uh, but uh, if you've enjoyed it you probably haven't but if you have uh, do leave us a review on iTunes do tell your friends all about the tennis podcast and do listen to us tomorrow we'll see you then